Lately, we have been introducing you to all the amazing products Ascent Nutrition has to offer. This week, I'm very excited to tell you about their full-spectrum hemp oil. Ascent Nutrition's full-spectrum hemp oil utilizes superior plant genetics and an organic proprietary blend of natural ingredients. Their hemp oil contains not only an abundance of CBD, but 119 other phytocannabinoids found within the spectrum of the hemp plant. According to the National Center of Biotechnology Information, this strain is the gold standard in hemp genome sequencing. Ascent also uses a unique method that ensures infusion of significantly more phytocannabinoids and CBD than all other competitors they tested against, including most of the leading CBD companies. I challenge everyone in the audience that uses CBD, as well as those of you who may have tried other CBD options and didn't get any results, to try Ascent Nutrition's full-spectrum hemp oil, which is guaranteed to be much stronger and contains more phytonutrients than any others on the market. Just click the link in the description or visit GoAscentNutrition.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your entire purchase. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is October Hollum. First, a couple of announcements. If you have a business and you want to advertise with Forbidden Knowledge News, email me, ForbiddenKnowledgeNews at gmail.com. We have a huge audience reach and unbeatable pricing and ad packages. Our website is ForbiddenKnowledge.News. That's the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You find amazing podcasts from our community. We're always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Rockfin is where you get our premium content and all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin. You can also create a free account, get everyone's free content, and all of our regular content is free there as well. You just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus or click the link in the description to sign up. The Forbidden Documentary is going to be extremely difficult with the price of gas and everything right now. We won't be able to do this without your help. Production's already being pushed back. If you would like to help, go to supportfkn.com, or we have a PayPal link in the description. Anything is greatly appreciated. Tonight, I want to welcome back to the show October Hollum. She is host of The Ancient Gift. She is historian, writer, and intuitive medium. October, welcome back. How you doing? I'm well, thank you, Chris. How are you? 
I'm excellent. Thank you so much for coming back on. It's great to talk to you again. It seems like forever, even though we live in the same house. Uh, <laughs> this, this is going to actually be my third attempt at recording a show today. We had some major technical difficulties, but hopefully we're going to get through this one. Uh, now, October, you've been on a few times. You've even co-hosted. You have a show on the network, The Ancient Gifts, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, tonight, you. I want to talk more about your experiences as a medium, your insights, as well as insights into other different realms of high strangeness that may be connected to that phenomena. First, uh, remind the audience a little bit about yourself and your show and kind of just what led you down your path. Uh, Well, I um, noticed a lot of things when I was a little girl more than um, I realized that I was different because I realized that other people didn't see what I saw all around me. Um, And most of it was, to be honest with you, I mean, I hate to sound like cliche, but I see dead people. So (laughs) I kind of grew up with that. And then I had a lot of um, just like uh, intuitive feelings and uh like I would know p- people were going to pass away in the family before they passed. Um, some were kind of expected, you know, if you had cancer and things, but then some were unexpected too. Um, earthquakes, things like that, you know, kind of has always been with me. And um, I just kind of shoo-shooed it because when where I how I grew up, I had one, like I told you before, one grandmother encouraged it and the other grammar, grandmother was completely against it because she was... Um, a uh, Southern Baptist Christian, and that was not, you know, not of God's work, so to speak. So I grew kind of conflicted. And um, so about a few years ago, I finally embraced it. And ever since then, my spiritual journey has opened me up to uh, a broader sense of um, the best way I can describe it is uh, the universe and my part in it and all of our parts in it. And so uh, I feel very fortunate that I have uh, this ability and I'm able to help people. Right on. Now, you uh, you said you recently just kind of came out and and started doing this in the, in the, on a mainstream level. You were doing it for a while, though, with your friends and family even, even, oh, yeah. and even uh, strangers that walk up to you on the street, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, at least 25 years uh, of helping, you know, uh, find a lost pet in the family or on keys or a wallet, or, I mean, just really silly stuff. Um, I help. I did help my daughter a few years ago, help uh, find one of her friends that was lost. Um, we did find her and she was alive. Thank God. Um, she's, you know, they're in their twenties. So she was unfortunately, um, um, lost in kind of a drug situations, but we were able to locate her and get her some help. Um, so it's just, it's, um, I also have the ability to sense illnesses in people, um, not, it's not that, that ability I really haven't honed or really worked on, uh, very, um, it's not something that I intentionally go out and do, but I do get senses of, uh, potential issues or, um, issues that they are already experiencing and they haven't said anything. And then, uh, spirit will just come to me and tell me, or my guides, I, I call them my guides, other people call them spirit, it doesn't really matter, but uh, the higher higher beings that uh, communicate with me will tell me, you know, this is good for, for them, tell them to do this and try this. And and um, I really have, I have, I don't want to say I've been 100% accurate because I'm not, nobody is in this, what, what we do, right? But um, I, when it, in regards to the illnesses and things, um, I am pretty accurate. So it's interesting. 
Now, uh, I know you and I were talking about this the other day, how we believe everyone probably has access to, to some of these abilities, but some have um, maybe more talents or access to it uh, than others, uh, you know, maybe even from birth. Now, I know that you, your family members, like your daughters and some other members of your family, have had abilities too. Uh, do you mm-hmm. think this may be like genetic in any way? Yeah, I do. I think, um, I mean, and people who might doubt that, but, you know, look at people who are master painters or master writer, you know, uh, amazing writers or actors or uh, pianists, um, you know, or any kind of a musician um, that tends to run in lineage, not always, but, um, you know, my father was an amazing carpenter and he was never really trained in carpentry and neither was I, but I love doing stuff with my hands and building stuff and fixing things. So I think that's kind of an innate gift that I was born with. So I, I kind of think it runs parallel to that, um, that idea. And don't you have a, a sister that kind of dabbled in numerology and she was a, an occultist? Yes. Um, my sister who's passed on, she uh, was, you know, I don't, I don't like the word occultist because it has such a derogatory, carries such a derogatory uh, weight with it. But um, she was uh, a, a, an amazing numerologist. She would say, what's your birthday? And you'd tell her and she'd be like, you're a da, 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 da. And she'd just spit it out. And okay, this means this. And you're on the life path of that. And this thing. And, and she just was incredible. I always was envious of this. She was a Mensa level genius. She was a, she was a brilliant, um, brilliant, brilliant person. Um, but um, yeah, she uh, was very intuitive. I, I remember one time I was in my twenties and and she called me and I didn't want to tell her what I was doing because um, I, I forgot. I mean, I was mom by this time, but um, I just didn't want her to know what I was doing. And and I'm on the phone with her and I'm sitting up on the kitchen counter. My legs are crossed and I'm on the phone and I'm totally lying. I'm like, um, oh, yeah, I'm with uh, so-and-so and we're going here. We're doing something. And this is landlines. OK. And she's like, don't lie to me. You're sitting on the kitchen counter with your your legs crossed and you're, you're at home. You're not gone yet. And I'm like, oh, man. So, yeah. So it, I think it is part of the family lineage for sure you also have a kind of interesting family history now i don't know how much you want to get into on here but uh your father had an interesting background and this isn't really pertaining to um psychic abilities or intuitive abilities or anything but i think it adds to kind of your story and, and your upbringing and even uh some of your consciousness abilities uh, my father was in intelligence. Um, he was special forces in Korea and um, he traveled a lot when I was growing up. I didn't really live with my dad. I think maybe collectively, if you added all the time, I, I actually lived with my father in my life, maybe three years. Um, and um, I had a very unique childhood, a lot of trauma in my childhood, um, a lot of uh painful memories, um, some good memories. And I think that that's probably heightened my sense of of, uh, situational awareness um, and uh, the ability to read a person pretty, pretty quickly. And I've always like been really good in sales, things like that. I think that is part of that gift, you know, where you can intuitively, instinctively kind of, you know, read a person or, or, and, and I don't mean that in a you know, a malicious or, or a manipulating way, but you just get a sense of if somebody's serious, let's say about buying a product or somebody serious, a vendor's serious about releasing a new product, whatever that is, that whatever that looks like, that's always 
aided me in um, my career. How important do you think belief is when it comes to not only having intuitive abilities or consciousness abilities, but all aspects of even paranormal activity and high strangeness, even, you know, getting into UFOlogy and PSI phenomena? Well, I will say I had a client um, a week ago or so, and they expressed the desire to manifest. And um, the, the sentence was, I believe in all of this stuff, but it hasn't happened for me yet. And I'm having a hard time believing it can for me. And I think that's a very good um, example of in order for you to, in order for a person to achieve something, they have to have the belief that they're not just able to do it, but they deserve it. And they already see themselves completing it. In other words, it's not so much, I want to climb Mount Everest. It is in my mind's eye, I've climbed Mount Everest. Now all I have to do is go train for it. Right. So it's that kind of thing. Like you already see yourself at the end of that. And if you have, um, I can't, but if, if those words exist in your language, when you're trying to manifest or you're trying to, you know, project um, a certain um, outcome for yourself, you're, you're, you're just blocking it immediately because that doesn't coincide with will can, you know, is, you know, these are all action word action adverbs action words so these are manifestation words of you're not saying maybe if everything if the planets align and if i feel like i can you know it it, it is i'm absolutely going to do it no matter what and i think that that's the difference between success and manifestation success in in the site that i have and, and other seers as myself because i have doubt all the time i mean you know that i mean um I have big doubts sometimes and, and you have to remind me sometimes, you know, that I'm, you know, truly gifted because you've seen it. So it's, it's one of those things, you know, we all get in our own way. So, so, and the best way I can tell people is if you really want to achieve something, if you want to hone your gifts of, of any kind of ability, you know, psychically, intuitively, then you have to get out of your headspace of the, I can'ts. Right. Exactly. You uh, approach your readings different now than when you first started you've kind of developed different methods uh could you talk about well, basically how you um approach a reading and and go through it yes chris is cheating because he knows exactly what he's asking me <laughs> everyone just so you know this um okay so i had this big fancy idea in my head when i started to when i came out of the closet so to speak and decided to to do readings. And I thought like, I had to do it like everybody else. I had to use tarot or I had to just con concentrate in my mind's eye and, you know, and just like have it like come out. But um, I have always been a writer um, and I've always received when I receive messages and I, and I write um, they're super accurate. So I started to practice auto writing and this was shortly after I started uh, reading. So the first reading I had was a disaster actually. And I refunded the money because I felt bad because I was so nervous. It was my first time ever like doing it quote unquote professionally. Um, like I said, this isn't a hundred percent, but I think it was also the party that I was reading for wasn't very open. And that's the other thing. Like, you know, when you go into a reader and you have it in your mind, like they're not going to read anything about me. They're not going to be accurate. They're not going to see that. That puts up like a blocks 
You know, if you go into to, to it and, and you, you know, of course you should always have a healthy amount of skepticism and a desire to, you know, see proof or desire to see, you know, this unfold. Um, but I think having a very open mind and being open to what the reader, because you're paying them, right? You're paying them for their time and their talent to, to help you figure out a situation, overcome a past situation, direct you on the path for your future, whatever that, whatever that that might be, uh, it's it's important to remember that, you know, they're they're giving you a gift of their abilities to be able to help you. That's why most people do this, I believe. So I just started to do auto writing. So what I do is um, I get the first name and gender of the person. Um, and um, I don't ask the age or anything. I just tend to just read. And I concentrate right before I do the reading, probably about a half hour or so. And I just start writing. And it can be a word. It can be two words. It can be a sentence. I've even written a letter. Um, and what happens is, and it can be obscure things. Like sometimes I'm like, there's no way that this word has anything to do with a human being. Like, how could this possibly make sense? You know? Um, but you know, I'm, I'm always guided, like, just say it, just speak the truth, speak your truth. Like just, just say what, you know, what's written down because you have to trust the process. Again, there's the doubt, right? So, um, and always, always it's, you know, wow, how, you know, there's no way you would have known that or, you know, wow, that's incredible. Like one time uh, recently, there was a gentleman who uh, had never had a reading and he was from uh, the East coast and I had this, one of the lines, I won't forget this was um, son and then like a slash and then, um, and then daughter and then a question mark. So it turns out that this uh, person had fathered a child uh, in his first marriage. And when the child was about two and a half, the, his wife had came to him and said, this isn't your child. And it just devastated him, devastated him because he was like in love with this baby. And um, he, he um, went through a really bad depression from it. And when he came out of that, um, he had met another woman and they got married and now they had a two and a half year old daughter. But in the reading, I said, well, you still have the son is still part of your life that, you know, and he said, yeah, oh my God, there's no way you can know it. So even though it wasn't his biological son, he ended up basically adopting the boy and the boy lives with him currently, who's a teenager now. So it's just interesting how that goes, because normally it would just be like children or I don't know how to explain it, but that specifically with the slash and the question mark was indicative of me of that unique situation. So that's kind of how this works. Right on. Now I've seen you, you employ uh, several methods of not only um, for readings, but for, for different questions or um, I guess different outcomes that you're, you're looking for in, in your own life. You've used things like a pendulum, uh, used to use tarot. I'm not sure how much you're using that anymore, but could you talk a little bit about that? Uh, maybe starting with the pendulum and w what that does. Well, pendulums are great. Um, I've always had really, um, great results with pendulums and actually I want to start doing dowsing rods too. Um, I, um, I do use tarot a lot. Um, I know you don't see me cause you work insane hours, but, <laughs> um, but I basically, um, it's really the auto writing for a reading, but the, but the pendulum, and sometimes if I get caught up in a reading, when I'm, uh, when I'm in a session with somebody, I will whip out a pendulum, um, 
for guidance or direction. Um, pendulums aren't, you know, I know people are like, oh, you're moving the pendulum. No, you're not. I mean, you've seen the pendulum yourself move like, you know, back and forth. There's no, and my hand's perfectly still. So that's something doing it. And that, you know, it's not a fan overhead because we don't have a fan on. So, um, but, and then the, in the tarot, I really, that's really intimate for me. So I, I tend to use that more for very close family and friends, um, more so than like the general public. Right. Now, uh, I know we've discussed the, um, the channeling incident you've had. Now, I don't know if you've had any, uh, not that I know of, that you've had any other um, occurrences where you've actually channeled a, a spirit and, and let them speak through you. Um, maybe I'd, I'd love it if you could remind the audience a little bit about that occurrence and have you ever had anything else similar to that happen? Are you talking about the uh, Lebanese woman? Yes. Okay. That's funny because I ran into my daughter's friend um, um, last month when I went to her shower. Um, and we talked about that instance and she started tearing up, you know, as soon as we were talking about it. So uh, it's a real emotional thing. So long story short, my daughter is uh, in high school and she's hanging out with this girl and she's getting skipping school and they're doing, you know, naughty teenager things. And I like the girl, but I know that the girl is confused and headed for the wrong area. And so I don't want my daughter hanging out with her. She's a little older than my daughter. And so I pull her aside and I tell her straight out, I'm very outspoken. And I said, you know, I, you know, you're not a bad person. You're just, I don't want to hang around my daughter because you're doing stuff that I don't want to get dragged into, like skipping school and hanging out with the wrong boys, that kind of stuff. And so one day the girl comes over and I try to have an open mind because I know she was going through some hard stuff at home. And I was always the house where the kids like brought their friends over and I cooked for everybody and everybody would spend the night and hang out. And, you know, our house was like home, you know? So um, anyway, she's over and I had done a reading for my other's daughter. I think I was doing my other for my daughter's friends anyways. And she gave, Hey, can you do a, a reading for so-and-so? And I said, no, I'm really, really tired. And she's all kind of, you know, they're begging me, you know? And I said, no, 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 I don't want to do it. So couple minutes later i'm walking by my daughter's room and i look in and i see uh the girl and i don't know why all of a sudden i just had this urge to do this reading and so i went in there and i said i'll do the reading and immediately i'm like your grandmother's here and it just went from there and then before i don't even really remember to be quite honest with you because according to them my eyes started to turn brown now i have gray eyes if you can see this um started to turn they were brown not black but brown and uh my face kind of contorted like where it's like my my features were different and i started speaking arabic now i don't know how to speak arabic i don't know a single word in arabic but i was apparently speaking arabic and i even called her by her nickname that only her grandmother called her and i had no idea what that was before the reading so that immediately freaked her out because she was superstitious anyway about this stuff so she just freaked out and 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 when i when they were shake kind of shaking me like stop 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 you're you're freaking us out and when i woke up i was like what because they were both crying because they were both freaked out and i'm like what happened so apparently um the grandmother came through and told the girl like look you i know what you're doing and all these times that you're talking to me and saying you wish i was here i am with you and i see what you're doing and you need to stop it 
because you're headed for a really bad result, basically. And so and she said that's a different language, right? Right, 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 yeah. right. I mean, I'm paraphrasing very badly, right? But the, this is what happened. So unbeknownst to the girl, she had some health issues that if she had kept drinking and, you know, smoking pots, stuff like that, you know, it would have really messed her up. Um, you could have even killed her in the long term. So she doesn't drink now. She's engaged. She's, you know, doing an amazing career on the East Coast. She's an amazing woman. I love her to pieces. I call her my other daughter. So, yeah. So that was one of the one of the big circumstances. Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life? Transform your yard into a food forest and create a system for self-reliance that's easy and enjoyable with our friends at Food Forest Abundance. No matter where you're starting from, you can become more self-reliant. And you can take your self-reliance to the next level by becoming a producer of your own food through growing and foraging and learn how to turn your property into an income-producing source of economic self-reliance. They can help you get off-grid and learn what systems to employ for food, water, and energy self-reliance, and live abundantly and in full connection with your property and what you produce. Click the link in the description to get started with your very own food forest and have your own sustainable source of livelihood and become self-sufficient with food forest abundance. Just click the link in the description to get started with your very own food forest today. Now, um, earlier you said, of course, you talked to dead people. Now we know this. What's the dynamic here? Are you, is it just past spirits? I know you also work with your spirit guides. And how does this kind of communication unfold when you're in contact? You know, I used to think like black and white, right? Where like we live, we die and we go to heaven or hell because that's the paradigm I was raised in. And then when I started to like talk to dead people, I started to think that these were disembodied spirits of living people that were trapped in the earth plane or, or trapped in a, a situation, looping, whatever that might be. And as I've progressed and I've studied and I've read and, you know, I, you know, you and I've had many discussions about uh, interdimensional multiverses, you know, uh, time not being, you know, real, that it's a it's a man-made construct for control. And and, uh, you know, we talk. We've talked about the theory of relativity by Einstein about how, um, you know, these things can be manipulated basically within the right circumstance, to put it lightly. So um, what I think is what I think happens is that these are frequencies because, OK, when we live, we are, we're dualities. We go through these iterations and uh, we, we're a duality. We're um, we're spirit and we're we're uh what do you call it? material we're whatever body bag so our body bag dies at some point um and that spirit is energy now we know from science we cannot create energy and we cannot destroy energy so the energy has to go someplace and this is where the concept of multiverses come in and this is kind of where like i start getting really like my mind gets like really discombobulated and blown because i'm like this is so beyond my scope of um understanding but this is what's been presented to me by by my guides if they said if you can take away the construct of time 
and you and you understand that there are multiple dimensions, okay, multiple universes, let's say, that all exist at the same time. And these things, um, there's no timeline, like linear timeline, okay? Uh, there is just events and, and things that happen. And there really isn't a past, present, and future. These things are all occurring simultaneously, right? And we're this being that's having these experiences, fractured experiences in these dimensions. And stay with me for a second. Now, let's say you're, you die, and your spirit goes to the next dimension, which is what I think, you know, loosely heaven would be, I guess. Um, if you think about heaven, hell, and earth, those are three dimensions, right? So I guess a lot of us already have that belief system. So what happens is since, since these, um, these multiverses, these universes exist simultaneously all at the same time, and they're kind of looping, you know, that like the past, present, and future are all simultaneously existing. What happens is, is like there's a crossover, right? And in this crossover, oh, there goes my screen. And in this crossover, I'm able to tune into the frequency of that energy that's in the next dimension. Does that make sense at all? Yes, it does. And, you know, especially in the sense that I do believe that we're all energy, we're all frequency, and we possibly all could emanate from the same source. I know we've discussed this as well, that possibly at one point in existence, we may have been all one source of, of light, a source of energy that fractalized in some way, some form, somehow. And uh, we, you know, at some point realized that we uh, were at once part of this source and desire as fractalized pieces to get back at one point. And I think that could be what is happening with people coming to awakenings and having spiritual experiences and spiritual awakenings is they're realizing that they were once part of this source and, uh, you know, subconsciously they want to get back and connect again to that. What do you think? I love your, you know, you gave me an analogy a while ago where you had a center, uh, a ball of, let's say the universe of light and it was the center of everything and it goes in a colander and then the colander factualizes and then you're like billions of like lights come out of that. It's all, they're all separate and individual yet they're all part of the same thing. That, that origin of light, I think that's a great analogy. Um, and I think that our concept, you know, we know that we use a very small percentage of our, our, of our brain. If you've ever seen the movie Lucy and uh, with Scarlett Johansson, I love that movie because it really um, highlights that, you know, we are, we are uh, <laughs> capable of so much more yet we're, um, we're kind of, uh, you know, restricted to what we are allowed to use. And we don't understand why, like, why would you have a hundred percent of a brain if you can only use about 20% of it? Right. Yeah. So it, it's, and I think again, that might be a restriction placed in this realm and this dimension on us to keep us behave. Well, I hate to say behaving because we don't behave well as humans, but you know what I'm saying to keep us a little bit more contained uh, then like giving us the abilities that Lucy ends up having, right. When she becomes basically the ether. So, um, so I guess, I guess that's my answer to your question. It's, it's, and, you know, and I, and people say, well, you know, and I have seen full apparitions and I, I have seen a sea captain walk through a house I rented in uh, Salem, Massachusetts years ago. 
in full regalia from the waist up and then like, you know, uh, mist from the bottom down. And that was my first real like apparition. Um, and I almost peed my pants. <laughs> it's like, and it was so cold. And I was like, I just, it's like, when this happens to you, you deny it. You're like, I just didn't see that. There's just, that's pot. There's no possible way that that actually just happened. Like I just saw a ghost, you know, I just saw a spirit. And what I think that that is, is in those cases, because he looked at me, so he was intelligent. He looked at me like, like this, and he just like walked through and he's just maintaining eye contact as he's walking through. And then finally, when he gets to the side, he disappears through the wall and that's it. They're the door actually, because it was, you went out the back. So um, I think a lot of that though, are like time loops mm-hmm. are like loops in energy that's contained um, like imprinted uh, on that, you know, in that home because he built that home, you know, that was his home hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Well, what do you think about this? I had a guest, uh, I'm forgetting who it was, that had the theory that since indeed we are in a multi-dimensional existence, that possibly what we're seeing when we're witnessing spirits or ghosts is actually could be someone or something else in a different reality bleeding through to ours. Like you were saying, there's this overlap and possibly they're seeing us on the other side, terrified thinking that we're a ghost or something like that. I don't know. I think that that's a good possibility as well. What do you think about that one? I think, um, you know, uh, I was talking with uh, writer Lee the other day about, um, about uh deja vu and i think that's kind of what that is it's where um these two uh dimensions loop like and so we have a circle and a circle and then they loop and for that that little window of time you have the knowing of the situation or person or or event that's happening right i think that's kind of the same thing we're like when that loop happens then i think that's when we're uh, highly aware of things or we're more aware of things. And and I think, um, and I'm not going to say that, you know, it has anything to do with uh, lunar cycles, but I do know, like, as you know, like at a, around a full moon, I can't sleep. I can't sleep for about two or three days before I can't sleep uh, the night of a full moon and usually the night after. And so by the fourth day I'm exhausted. Um, and I think that that has something to do with the frequencies that, that, that pull causes, especially to people who are sensitive. Um, I think that that can really kind of like, I don't want to say agitate them, but it can even make them more, um, you know, aware or heightened senses at that time. So I think it's the same thing. And since time doesn't exist, it's, it's time is a number it's created an order for control. It's created an order for, you know, a system to measure by, right. Everything we do is by time, our age, our, our work day, um, you know, everything really, you know, payments of credit cards and card payments and all these, this is all, you know, on the, on the Julian's calendar. So I, I think that if, if for a moment, if you can just like extract the idea of time and you can, and you, and you believe in a multiverse or multiple dimensions, then just for a fleeting second, I think your, your brain can start to grasp what we, we, we f- fully have no idea about. Like we're just in the infancy of 
starting to understand that. I mean, science has proven what, that there are at least 11 dimensions. I've heard last time 17. And I, I want to touch base too real quick, because you had mentioned earlier about consciousness and, and being connected and being all part of the same thing. And I just read an article that, um, you know, they're thinking rocks actually have consciousness. And I know that sounds crazy because it's a rock, right? But um, they also, you and I watched that mushroom um, documentary where we know that fungi underneath the earth have um, have a, a central nervous system that connect each other all the way through a forest bed. And these are intelligence these are intelligent communications. So when one, uh, let's say mushroom is, uh, has a disease or, you know, an issue, then the other mushrooms and the area send their energy, their healing powers to that mushroom or that, that part of the mushroom system to heal them. And this is a proven scientific thing. So if we look at it, um, if we take that and we extrapolate that out to our existence as humans, and we all come from the same energy. Well, no wonder we're all messed up right now, because if we're all interconnected and we all feed off each other's frequencies and, and, and we depend on each other's energies for happiness and peace and stability, well, we know that that's not happening in the world right now because there's a lot of chaos, right? So I think that that might be a really, a really interesting thing to really look into. It is. And I want to go a little deeper into that. If we're, you know, indeed in a multidimensional reality, I believe that there would be duality in every one of these realities. I don't think we can have an existence without light and dark at the same time. Uh, and that brings us to the entities within those realities. They would have duality as well. And I know that you have interacted with both negative and positive entities in this, uh, in this uh, mm -hmm. existence, right? Yeah. Could well, you, you know, talk, I have. Yeah. Could you talk about some of the? I know you told us about the 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 spirit that did the full apparition, but what other kind of uh, more malevolent entities have you come across? You know, um, well, um, yeah, I've seen some really dark stuff in Salem, Massachusetts. I have to say, um, I don't really like talking about it because um, I feel like. It gives it power and it gives it um, the juice to kind of poke its head up and say, ooh, someone's talking about me. But um, as you well know, because I've helped you before, um, there is a, a definite uh, polarity, right? Uh, there is light and there's dark. Some people believe you can't have light without dark. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. I think that the darkness in our world is self-manufactured by um, all of the uh, negative emotions and the negativity that we as humans are putting out there. So uh, fear is number one, hate, um, you know, guilt, uh, regret, um, you know, uh, greed, uh, envy, you know, all these like real negative um, emotions now, if, you know, and I want everyone to stay with me for a minute and not say she's crazy, but you can, it's okay. I've been called worse. Um, if we didn't have all those things in the world, right? Um, let's just say, you know, look at a um, look at any any any. Uh, I want to say like a pot of whales. Let's say um, now I'm not a, a, a marine biologist, but for the most part, they stick together. They take care of their young. They're very protective. Um, they 
They do their migrations yearly, annually, um, and uh, they're centered on basically not just survival, but basically family. Now, um, of course, I haven't studied Will's personalities, but I'm just trying to pick this out as a kind of a um, innocuous example. But if we look at that, um, there, I don't really think that there's fear in a well pod or, you know, besides being hunted, obviously. Right. But I'm saying they're just existing in nature and they're, they're, they're surviving and relying on each other. And, and they're not, there's no innate, um, you understand what I'm saying? Innate, like evil. They're just right. there. They're in, they're in nature. Like mother nature left mm-hmm. alone is a beautiful thing. And even though there are lots of animal species that compete for, you know, dominance as far as like the male, um, you know, elephant seals is a great example. Uh, elk season, you know, the males fight each other over for the females, you know, things like that. Um, yes, that all exists, but it's based on a primal instinct. It's not based on a material instinct. You know, so it's you, not. So, no, I was going to say, you think the, he, the evil we experience and uh, commit as humans is uh, innately different than the natural, um, say, animal evil or atrocities committed amongst themselves. And I look at some levels of evil committed as humans in elite factions, and there is no way that I, as a human, could even put myself in their shoes or even imagine committing some of the atrocities that are being committed in our world by certain humans in, in certain factions and even uh, with certain states of mind. So uh, I, I don't know if you um, if you would ever consider is hum- is evil, do you think it's introduced to humans in a certain way uh, that we have a certain level of evil that we're committing that, that's above the natural level? Well, we have free will, right? So that's the primal that's the primal um, primal um, thing that exists in every human. And I think that that's something that it doesn't matter if you're religious or not religious. If you're, if you're, um, if you believe in the, you know, in the cosmos as your religion, or if you're a Buddhist or if you're a Christian or it, it doesn't matter if you're a witch, it doesn't matter. Free will is the, is the one law of all universes, all multiverses, all dimension that exists. So with that, and we are, you know, people say we're the, the highest on the food chain. I, I kind of wonder sometimes, but um, I think that with that and with free will, you know, that that can become a real dangerous, um, a real dangerous combination. Yeah, I think that we've weaponized free will. I mean, I don't know that I've ever heard of a seagull diving in on a a bunch of seagulls and trying to kill all of them you know like i you just don't i mean animals kill to eat animals kill to plot it out really you know right and they and they do it you know you don't see you know i I don't think you see lions in the serengeti going out and killing like 10 you know 10 antelope when they only need one to eat for the day right so i'm not saying that these behaviors don't exist in animals because i am no way a scientist but i'm saying for the most part this is all like the chain of like life, the, the, the food chain, the, the way things progress in mother nature. And we're sentient beings that have language and culture and innately we have greed. I mean, 
Do you think this do. ultimately dissolves or, or, or gets better with human consciousness evolution? That as we grow and learn that um, our innate evil might be a little less as we go on? I think it's cyclical. I think that there have been several iterations of civilizations before ours that we're in now. Um, and I'm not talking in the last 6,500 years, what we're talking, you know, the dawn of like Western civilization, civilization, which I don't believe that is um, true. I think that, uh, you know, we have Gobekli uh, Tepe uh, in uh, Turkey that pre what does 12,600 years ago. And there are um, edifices within that structure that represent uh, races and humanoid figures, even even ETs um, from all over the world. Um, you can, you know, go back and go all the way through Peru. I mean, there's all kinds of monoliths, you know, throughout Peru. The pyramids of Giza, there's a lot of arguments about how old they actually are um, and who built them. Um, and I, you know, I think that whenever, you know, they say like, every joke there's a, a element of truth or every um like uh what do you call it? legend or myth there's something real in it or rumor even you know it starts from someplace right so i think that these like a lost city of atlantis tartaria lemuria um you know i think that these are all things that are are lost to us and i think that these are other civilizations even mars you know they're finding all kinds of structures and and odd things on mars with on the mars rover and there's some people who believe that you know we do come our our race comes from mars and we we came here because we ruined the surface of mars basically with war and you know this a section of us was able to make it out and re, and come to earth and you know, reproduce. And here we are. So I don't know. I mean, I think that, um, but I think as human beings, we, we are innately, you know, geared to um, do more than survive. Right. Yeah. Now you mentioned the ancients. Um, how far do you think we were able to take our consciousness abilities being uninhibited and not being intoxicated with all the the bs and food and indoctrination and everything that has made us the kind of zombified humans that we are today without access to these amazing consciousness abilities that we probably had in our ancient past like frequency manipulation even matter manipulation abilities of course uh you know psychic communication uh all these things that were highly possible and that we um most likely had access to what do you think about that do you think that uh, what do you think the extent of our human consciousness abilities were as ancients you know what i what i um what i think and what i can prove right are, are way different very very far apart um i've been shown a few things and um i have astro projected before and um when I'm in a good space and, and I'm ready to receive, I do get downloads, you know, you know, this, um, I think that, uh, you know, if I, I want to say Atlantis, that's a huge, there, there is some kind of connection with me and, and Atlantis. I've been, I've been fascinated with this, with the legend of Atlantis since I was a child, like little, like child. And, um, I think that we were, we had telekinesis, teleportation. We had these abilities to um, telepathy, you know, telepathy, um, telepathy. Um, I think that we, 
unfortunately at one time we were i don't want to say this whatever hominid species atlanteans were because i don't know if they were really homo sapien 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 they could have been you know something similar very similar maybe there are maybe they're the missing link i don't know but um i think that they had amazing abilities and for a long time they had like a utopic society and i've read a lot of like books and uh, articles and research and all kinds of theories about it but i think really what happened is uh, there was a sect that wanted more power um and more you know privilege and um used their gifts and abilities um and went against the other main part that was good with everything the way they are and basically instigated what you know what we would call like a nuclear war by using like ginormous like crystals as weapons and being able to harness that kind of power and if people don't you know of course crystals you know they do store power they're in quartz battery you know the batteries in your computer your watches your cell phones they're using a lot of different applications so i'm not just spitting this out of the air here this there is some science to this so um and i think that um whatever happened happened with them caused a cataclysmic shift and in, in the earth somehow and caused like you know a, a huge earthquake a tsunami a volcano something that uh triggered through their weaponry i mean we know now like if you wouldn't drop a bomb in a volcano that's gonna stir the volcano and make the volcano erupt right so really doesn't and there there's weather manipulation there's um what do you call that we always talk about that up in the air when they fly by and they the, the spray thank you yeah. um yeah. you know we, we talk about that and so we know that the technology we have is is a foreign technology in that it's something that we've developed and it's not from earth it's not from using our energy and perpetuating like ley lines and things you know like that like natural earth grids and energy which and if anybody doubts me i'm perfectly fine with that but if you really want to know more about this kind of stuff go look up tesla i mean he knew how to distribute he wanted to distribute free electricity around the world in 1918 1916 I mean, you're talking a hundred years ago. This gentleman had Bluetooth technology. Uh, he the the death ray. You know, look into the Manhattan experiment. I mean, this this is this is old news. This isn't new stuff. This is old stuff. And for whatever reasons, it's been quashed. But the one thing that hasn't been quashed that I've noticed in my lifetime that's um getting better and better and better is developing weapons to kill people i mean look at you know smart bombs look at nuclear technology look at bioweapons look at you know all kinds of stuff yeah you're absolutely right the uh the military industrial complex is certainly thriving when it comes to technology and we haven't seen uh we were i think we were all talking about this too we haven't seen anything much new come out of technology except for computer chips and uh war machines which is quite sad but i want to i want to go back to consciousness and spirituality mm -hmm. a bit you were talking about um the incident that you helped me with with a spiritual attachment um what are your thoughts on these do you think that everybody um well not everybody but do you think more people than than probably realize have spiritual attachments do you think it's a more common thing than than talked about for sure um i think that western medicine specifically too like if you were to go into um asia let's say um 
Chinese or even Japanese, and let's say you were having, you were presenting issues of a possession or an attachment, uh, they're, they're more likely, and I'm not talking China now, I'm talking China back pre-communism, okay? They're way more likely to address this as a spiritual battle or spiritual treatment than, uh, than a medical, you know, like take a pill and call me. And if you, the pill doesn't work, then you have, uh, your bipolar or your schizophrenic or whatever. Um, I think a lot of people, um, are also programmed from birth really, um, to think a certain way and believe a certain way. So when, and if you pick up an attachment and something happens, like I, like the guy that walked by me, the, the sea captain, I, am, I, I saw this, like, just as I'm looking at you, no different, right? But I still have trouble rectifying it today, like, because it was, I, I, you just, you're like, if you've ever experienced it, you'll know what I'm talking about. You're at a loss for words and, and, and your mind is trying to rationalize it. You're trying to figure out how this can possibly be, right? This guy was the 18th century, I would think. Um, so I think that people that seek, you know, Western medicine, and you know, we don't treat the root of situations in this country. We 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 mask the symptoms with medicine, and so when you do that and you don't treat the root of the problem, the problem's either going to get worse or it's just going to stay the same and never get better. You've got to pull a weed out by the root in order to like have it not grow back, right? And I'm not saying that every single person that has mental issues, medical issues, mental health issues, um, you know, has an attachment or are possessed. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that these things, situations are not real because that would be ludicrous for me to say that, that of course they're real. But there are some times I think that people, you know, do fall under that um, less, less traveled road of spiritual warfare that that they're not either realizing that they're in, maybe they've gone to a cemetery with, you know, as a fun for, you know, shits and giggles with their friends at midnight to see if they can see any ghosts and they're taking pictures and something comes home with them. Or maybe they're dabbling in the occult and they're having seances or they're using a pendulum and they don't know what they're doing or they're conjuring up, you know, they think, you know, the devil demon, all, you know, demons are cool. And, you know, they're playing around with that stuff. Like there's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. And attachments can run in families, you know, there's families, hexes and curses, and that can follow through generations. So sorry. (laughs) No, yeah, that's, that's interesting. You said uh, hexes and curses. That is probably um, a lot different type of attachment than I would imagine something from like childhood trauma or something natural that might have occurred uh, during a person's development that caused them to have this kind of spiritual attachment that they, they held on to. Uh, I imagine curses and things of that nature would be a lot, uh, a lot different, maybe harder to get rid of. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that anything only has power if you believe in it and you fear it. I think that anything is breakable. Um, for instance, the, one of the things that was attached to you was put there by somebody. And I have to tell you, I had to fight like hell to get rid of it. Um, and you know this. Um, and you know you had a physical, visceral reaction when that happened. Um, but, y- you know, the proof is in, it's either the placebo effect because like right after you had a sense of peace around you, you slept. 
better than you slept since you were a kid. And you had a sense of uh, knowing that I don't think you've ever had before, you know? It was like, like, wow, that just really happened. Um, like curses and, you know, attachments that are, are brought on, you know, and sometimes it, it can be like uh, uh, an ancestor who just seems really bad, you know, just really bad. Like, let's say you have a warlord somewhere and they like slaughter like thousands of people, right? That stain and energy that they're doing there would make sense, right? To follow their lineage possibly through generations because that's built up negative energy that's got to go somewhere right so it could maybe the cur- the land is cursed maybe the family's cursed maybe you know whatever but there there is and there are people who put things on other people i mean you know um words are very powerful and, and for people who say oh that's you know baloney words are not powerful well let me see I could tear you down in a sentence like that, or I can build you up in the in a sentence like that. Don't tell me that that doesn't carry power. Yeah, you're right. Words, it's it, words are spells. They're very powerful. Now, while we're kind of going along this line, what do you think about um, egregores or thought forms that could actually manifest in people's lives as negative spirits or entities or energy or even just negative occurrences because they're putting out so much uh, negativity from themselves what do you think about that um that's earlier when you were asking me about um you know uh about the negative stuff and i'm like "Eh, i don't really like to talk about it um i think that we are way more powerful um, beings than we give ourselves credit for. And there is, um, there is a, um, how do I say that? An energy that everybody has. You have an electri- electric magnetic field around you, right? That projects out. We know this, this is scientific. They've proven this. Um, and that is kind of like, you know, it's kind of like your, your, salvation and your protection at the same time and um, protecting you from outside forces and everything. Um, When you damage that or when you manipulate that, you're kind of opening yourself up for other things to kind of come into that field. And once they're into that field, it's a lot harder to get rid of them. You know what I mean? It's they're they're parasite, they're parasitical, they're they're parasites, and and they feed off that. They feed off the negative and the and the fear and um and and you know a lot of people think well if I ignore it, it'll go away. But sometimes they don't go away because sometimes those attachments are so strong that you actually need outside help to get them off of you. So I think it's very important, you know when we were talking earlier about manifestation and then, and then consciousness came up and now we're talking about words, you know, these are all part and parcel of, of consciousness. Like you're, you, you have a thought come into your head and you give that thought energy and then you speak those words and then you turn those words into deeds. Well, you've just created a reality for yourself. And it could be as simple as I see a black pen, I'm going to doodle, I'm going to pick it up. I said black pen, I thought black pen, I'm going to doodle, I'm doodling, you know? Okay, very simple analogy, right? 
But when you are talking about, you know, thinking about evil spirits and, um, oh my God, what can they do to me? You know, they can harm me. They can harm my kids. They can harm my family. They can, well, guess what? You're, you're feeding them now. You're giving them fear. It's, it's, have you ever heard, had a really negative person in your life? Like a really negative person, like no matter what, no matter what, they were just always pissed off or they were always like complaining and you would try to like, Oh, don't think like that. You know, this is, you know, you can do this or you have the ability to do that. I believe in you. And, and, you know, every time you talk to you, just Debbie Downer, just constantly like bitch, 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 moan, moan, moan. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, those are energy vampires. Okay. You know, and this is way before uh, what we do in the shadows, <laughs> but, um, but those, those people, um, they're, uh, I believe that their magnetic field is interrupted. And they are literally feeding off of you. And so when you're like, you're either down in the slums with them going, yeah, life sucks. And, and they, ooh, they're like, that's nice. Cause now I have miserless company or you're like, oh no, you know, you can do better. It's okay, Susie, you know, come on, like, let's go do something fun, blah, 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 blah. And then the whole time they're just like a wet, you know, a wet towel, you know, um, they're feeding off you there too, because that's taking all of your energy after what you should be focusing on, which is yourself and being positive and being part of the bigger picture in a positive way. And you're handing that over to somebody who absolutely doesn't want to make the choice to do better, have better, be better. Right. Yeah. So I think that this, a lot of it all goes back to free will. I think you're absolutely spot on on there. Uh, now, going back to the multidimensional nature of our reality and possible life forms or entities that could be existing in these realities, uh, I know we were walking the other day, and even before, you said you sensed uh, fae folk or, or the fairies. What mm -hmm. are these types of entities to you? What what are fairies? Um, Boy, I didn't know you were going to bring this up and then... <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, I see you're cheating. Um, fairies. So, you know, I've, I've, I've read, I've read a lot about fairies. I'm in no way an expert. Um, I think one of my daughters is a fairy whisperer. She's loved fairies since she was like, could walk and she's got them all over her house and she's always been, you know, a naturalist loves the animals and nature. Um, I think fairies are, beings that exist in nature um and you know i guess i guess elementals could fit into the fairy realm um and i think that they're protective of mother nature and that realm that exists in um in purity and i know that um there are some or elves too right they're kind of all i think kind of some and some lore they're kind of all housed together in the same kind of um you know dimension fairies elves whatever trolls you know all these these uh mythical beings but um fairies i think are really like guardians of nature for me and i know that there are stories of them not being so nice um and i and i get that because look at humans and look what we've done to mother nature and look where our planet's headed you know with um all the pollution and all the things that are that are going on and and imagine if you were your sole purpose in life was to guard something to make to preserve it to make sure it's healthy you know gaia mother earth and you had something that was just trashing it like poisoning it you know not respecting it i mean 
you probably would be pretty ticked off too. And you wouldn't want those beings coming into where you live and trying to take over your realm, right? So I think that they're, I think that they're, you know, innately pure and good and out for, you know, to protect mother nature. But I do believe that there's probably a faction of them that can be, you know, kind of mean because they're, they're angry. Do you think they could possibly be connected or confused with what some consider extraterrestrials? Um, or do you think it's all the same thing? Do you think interdimensional beings, fairies, extraterrestrials, this could all be kind of part of the same paranormal soup? Um, I think that I know that there's a lot of um, a lot of stories that have like you'll see a Bigfoot and then you'll see a UFO. Or you'll see a Bigfoot, a UFO, and then you'll have like poltergeist activity at home. You know, I think that these are all uh, energy bands of some sort that we're registering in our brain in a certain way. And maybe these um, uh, entities have the ability to project what they want us to see. Maybe it's, uh, I'm going to be a scary Sasquatch because I know you're terrified of seeing me in the forest and I don't want you back here because I'm really uh, an ET and we have a base that's been cloaked and we don't want humans back around here because you might trip and find us. You know, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Right. And to even scare you more, when you get home, you're going to, we're going to like, <laughs> we're going to do some manipulation of energy around you and really freak you out and think that you're haunted, you know? So I don't know the answer to that question. For me, though, I do feel that fairies and and elves and and things of that nature are really existent in what I would call old Earth. You know, uh, even maybe pre Atlantean. You know, when I'm talking a long, long time ago, and I think they've been cloaked or they've cloaked themselves, and their ability to do so has preserved what's left of them. Because I believe that a lot of the, you know, look legends come from someplace i mean people are like oh there's no such thing as dragons well look at a pterodactyl they have full pterodactyl bones in museums i mean i mean speak look at that that's a dragon didn't spit fire but everything else it's a huge flying lizard looking thing so you know um mermaids you know i who knows i mean Possibly not, you know, half beautiful woman that's a songstress, you know, singing and luring sailors to their certain death. But um, perhaps it was some kind of a hybrid species um, and, you know, doesn't exist anymore or it's so, so deep in the ocean. You know, we've only explored like what 5% of our ocean that, that we know of. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I just think that these beings are there. And um, again, this is out of our our, our breadth of knowledge, because I do believe that we are destructive creatures. Um, and if we did know about them, uh, they would not probably still be here. Well, you just mentioned we're destructive creatures that we are. Are you encouraged about the new upcoming era that we're headed in and what the seemingly awakening process that we're going through and the changes that we're going through? Uh, it seems that all our old systems, they're going to fail. It seems inevitable, especially economic systems, financial systems. We are heading into uh, the age of Aquarius, the age of air, the age of supposedly 
spiritual enlightenment. So what do you think? Are you um, encouraged about where we're headed in the future, even with all the BS happening? Do you think we'll come out of it uh, a little bit better off than we were before? Well, it depends on when you talk about the age of intelligence. Is that AI? Then no, I don't believe that that's a good, we're headed good there at all. Right. No, I don't think it's the technological age where I think it's the opposite. Well, but, you know. yeah, but AI is intelligence, artificial intelligence, right? So if if you're talking like the age of intelligence in that way, no. Um, uh, I, you know, there are always going to be peaks and valleys in any um, in every civilization when it comes to you know finances. I've I've been through a few recessions in my life. I mean, you don't have to look back very far. You know that our our country struggled. Um, you know, in the 20s and the 30s, um, even after World War One, uh, the whole world was basically and is still in a depression. That's why we had World War Two, and then before that, the Civil War. You know, the North was ginormously successful, and the South was uh, struggling. Even though they, you know, they reigned in agricultural and the cotton industry, and you know, but there was very few. Um, the elites had a lot of money, and the and the have-nots had little. Um, and then before that, um, you know, you're talking about the rev. And I'm going back in America. American history for a reason. Okay. Stay with me. Um, and then before that, you got the revolutionary war and, you know, America struggled after the revolutionary war. And then we had another war right after that. So, um, you know, I, I'm not encouraged. It, I would say that it would take a, it would take a very large consciousness shift to, create a different ending to where we're headed now. So you're not encouraged. You don't think we're headed towards a good ending. Um, well, there is no ending, Chris, because we, we, you know, you're talking about the ending of what's of the civilization. You know, I do want this the way things are now. Yeah. I want to change. I mean, and you know, there's always kind of darkness right before light. So I think that we're headed to a different time. One that um, I really don't have a, an idea what that looks like, because um, I'm not going to sit here and predict, you know, anything because I think people who try to do that are very foolish um, because I think that there's so many factors and futures uh, that are pliable with uh, free will and outside, um, you know, uh, agents that can come in and cause disruptions in a, in a trajectory that somebody's on or a, a civilization is on. But I can tell you that if the greed and the, and the fear and the, um, you know, all the evil and negative emotions that men create still stay in this lane and continue on, um, that we're headed for a darker time before the light comes. But I do believe always light prevails, always love and light always prevail. And I'm not trying to be woo woo about love and light because I don't really say that that often, you know that, but I do feel that love and, 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 you know, light bringers, you know, people who, um, walk in the light and, and, and try to, you know, help other people and, and live their life in that way. I do believe in the end that that will be successful, but I do think that we have a lot of growing pains to go through. Yeah. And it's probably like you said earlier, cyclical will probably rise, rise, rise to a certain 
pinnacle of our consciousness evolution and then fall again and then do it all over again. Uh, yeah, it seems to be that is the cycle of, of our life and, and uh, existence here on this planet. We get to a pinnacle, have a major cataclysm, get reset and start all over. So we look forward to that. That's good times. Uh, let's take the last few minutes here. Tell the audience a bit more about um, your readings, how to contact you, uh, and anything else you got going on that you'd like to talk about. Well, um, you can contact me at the ancient gift two 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 at gmail.com. If you'd like to book a reading, um, I am booking at the end of June now, um, into July. Um, I want, um, you know, right now I've kind of taken a little bit of a hiatus as you know, from, uh, podcasting to focus on some health issues and, uh, try to get better. So, um, once I am feeling better and up to it, I will, um, reboot the ancient gift and start podcasting again. I am trying to put the finishing touches on, uh, the kindreds, a book I've been writing for forever (laughs) and trying to get that published. Um, and, you know, just kind of really focusing on staying in the positive lane and, um, doing the best I can every day. You know, that's all we can do. So excellent well everybody if you'd like to get a reading that is the ancient gift 222 at gmail.com uh we'll have that in the description october thank you so much and uh we're definitely gonna do it again soon all right thank you chris have a good night until next time everyone have an excellent evening we'll talk again tomorrow